0: So, I, I guess I should have checked first. As long as I'm doing my calculations right, this is the episode that should be coming out in, like, later December, like, probably the closest to Christmas of any of the ones? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay. I don't think I've talked about this before. I may have showed it to you before, but have I told you about, or have we talked about the the guy that does videos of Christmas songs with Clips uh, from Star Trek.
1: I have uh, we. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I have definitely seen this person. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because I I, and I do have to give Lisa credit. She was the one. I think it was last year around Christmas that found this and showed it to me. Um, but I did want to make sure I it out. So his name I I went and looked it up. His name is John C. Worsley W O R S L E Y. And yeah, he's done. It looks like every year for the past few years, he's he'll do. It's like a Christmas Carol with like the Christmas song in the background. But then all of the words have been replaced with like clips of the characters from a Star Trek show saying the words. Yeah. Um, so my my personal favorite was um, uh, "All I Want for Christmas Is Q.
1: <laughs> I have not seen that one. No, I think the only one I've seen is the the "Make It So, Make It So, Make It So" one.
0: Oh, this may be a different one than there may be.
1: Oh, really? That's there not one I've seen. Really... Maybe it's a different. Are there two people? Maybe there's on multiple the people that do this.
0: Yeah. But yeah, he did, he did all I want for Christmas is Q, which is great and like very well done.
1: And like a sentiment that we can all get behind, I think, too. You know? Like even maybe more so than some of the central tenets of Christmas. Like, you know, I think this one really is like a universal who doesn't want more Q in their lives?
0: Right. The other one that I thought you would probably have a special place for is uh simply having a wonderful Deep Space Nine.
1: Yeah, I mean again, that's that's another Which
0: like just combines, I think, two things that that you love,
1: yeah. That that is a. We. Well, yeah, <laughs> this is this is going to go into deep into Ryan and Brady' personal life lore, but um, I have um, one of my little projects that I do for myself is I have a little uh, Substack essay place where I publish uh, writing every other week, and um, you can, if you're if you're so interested, you can visit it at anotherland.substack.com. And recently, I did a. A uh, ranking of every song ever released by the band Jars of Clay, which is one of my favorite bands. They are a Christian band. they I think, as I say in in one of like this two part essay I wrote about this thing. They they they're kind of what I would sort of facetiously and sort of actually refer to as the only good Christian band because they're not like really in your face about it, and they sing about a lot of the different things, and they actually care about the music. And I I think that like you don't actually have to be religious to. To care about or like their their music and um they love christmas music music and they uh, have done a bunch of christmas covers and originals and stuff and uh i know a lot of people hate wonderful christmas time but i do kind of like that song even the regular song because it's kind of from the mccartney two like kind of bedroom synthesizer period of paul mccartney's career which i generally think is Pretty good. Like I, I like coming up. I like temporary secretary and like that kind of music, and certainly like "Wonderful Christmas Time" is a product of that. And um, Jars of Clay did cover that song, which I think is actually better than the original. And I put that like about halfway through uh, this ranking of every Jars of Clay song. And I had multiple uh, Jars of Clay uh, heads who are my acquaintances giving me some giving me some crap about that about putting our Christmas time up so high, so mm-hmm. I will definitely have to check out um, having a wonderful Deep Space Nine. Yes, yeah, so I'm wondering if this is the same guy. You sent me a link, and because I've have seen somebody doing one that you know I don't, it doesn't look like it's it's one of these. Uh, yeah,
0: he's, there's only a few, at least on this channel, man. Maybe he has like another mm-hmm. another outlet or something. But
1: yeah, I've seen one that does this very same thing. I think, but it's doing. Um, it's doing let it snow but it's just make it so make it so make it so and all the other words all the other words are, are the same and they're just like edited together from different episodes of of trek but yeah i think i think actually specifically that one of tng only but um anyway yeah uh, i'll have to check you that out check it.
0: it's it's very it's well done it's pretty fun <laughs>
1: Hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard.
0: And I'm Brady Jungle.
1: And today we are continuing our Enterprise Watch trilogy with uh, North Star, which is Season 3, Episode 9 of Star Trek Enterprise. It is written by David A. Goodman and is directed by David Straton, and the Memory Alpha description of this episode is Archer and the crew try to discover why a 19th century era human settlement has been placed in the middle of the expanse now I don't remember why <laughs> like that's that happened which I think kind of like speaks to the level of interest that I had in this particular episode um, I don't remember and it's actually been a little bit since I watched this one but I also don't know that I could have told you very long after I watched it either
0: why 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 any of
1: it why is there a 19th century era human settlement in oh. the expanse you know i don't know i don't know they, like i just <laughs> I, my my interest that, that part in i do that one.
0: part i do know I, I thought you meant just like why they're there and i'm just like eh, that's never really clear they're just they just kind of are there but so
1: no uh, i don't know when we should talk about this so like i don't know if we should just if we should kind of like talk about
0: I think this this would probably be the episode to do it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Although and this may
0: be the one we have the most to say about.
1: Let's have a little bit of like a state of the state of the our opinions on state of the surprise
0: like okay.
1: discussion like before we get into like the actual should we plot. do that before so the, the actual plot
0: the plot okay.
1: Well, our well, I mean, whatever. I guess the actual plot is so is so slight. I feel maybe we could just knock it out quickly, because I have more like this episode to me. I think. Much more interesting than it's what it is as an episode, I think, is its ability to be, like, a launching point for, like, our discussions about, like, what is the deal with the, you know, (laughs) with the show. Um,
0: I mean, I I do think we may have kind of differing opinions about this episode, too. But, but yeah, I think this is a a decent one to have this discussion. So, and it did actually, for me, it originated, uh, like, all good thoughts in, like, the middle of the night. Because it... It came from, you had texted me about about how the uh, the theme song, kind of what you were saying on our last episode, where listening to the, like, the Enterprise theme song, whenever it comes on, you, like, gets you because you had just, like, forgotten that that is what the Enterprise theme song was.
1: Well, did you notice with this one that they changed the theme song in, I
0: think oh, it's do they really? three and in four? Three? It's like, it's got... I didn't pay enough attention or just, like, make enough of
1: an They added more, like... Kind of like funky production elements to it. Like it, it sounds even it, it's like the other one is like kind of like a more stripped down sort of like not quite acoustic, but like kind of acousticky like version of it. And then this one's got like some additional like effects on it. And it's very weird. Like it's it does it doesn't improve the song, I'll say that. Like uh it doesn't really do it's 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 a lateral move into like, huh? But um yeah, I would say listen for that the next time you watch a uh, season or just like look up the the comparisons. I'm sure that someone has them, but yeah, they, yeah. It, it actually is a little bit different in this one than it is in the other two we watched for this
0: trilogy. And this may be like a stupid thing that I thought that you completely disagree with, but I had like been at work late that night and like got out, so I didn't see that text till many hours later and was kind of leaving in the middle of the night and read it and like started thinking about specifically the theme song and like why. Because I think one of the first times we listened to it, you described it, this theme song, as, like, having the sound of a contemporary Christian music song. Mm-hmm. Both just, like, kind of the the guitar and acoustic layered on top of electric, and just the...
1: The voice, like...
0: Yeah, the husky male voice. But even, like, a lot of the... like the The lyrics aren't religious. They're more just a kind of about like the human spirit and believing in yourself. But I feel like there's a lot of lines that just, sound like they would not be out of place in i mean this
1: the song is called faith of the heart which is like not not a christian song name. right
0: and like there's a line that's like nothing's gonna bend or break me which just like sounds like if you told me that was a line from a jeremy camp song i would believe you
1: that's funny you mentioned jeremy camp because like i i was about to call the vocals uh, jeremy camp core um but uh, yeah
0: like that's just in very many ways the way that that the vibe that song gives off especially like if you are familiar with that kind of style of music
1: i feel like i should interject here just also to say that like this is not what jars of clay sounds like like referring (laughs) back to the thing we were talking about (laughs) earlier in the episode yeah jars of clay is good Uh, this is not
0: (laughs) But, but anyways yeah and i was thinking like in what world would like this feel like a good idea to like have essentially a christian music song be your title theme and again this may be more of a like personal for me because of like when i grew up and like the environment i did but everything about this just like feels like the like George W Bush presidency era which is when this was made right like enterprise i think mm-hmm. came out in 2001 um, and it's just overall yeah. like that and again maybe it's because like i remember but just everything like this show just has so much of like that feel of that time about it to me
1: yeah you you said that and i think it actually did help click a lot of things into place for me because i it's the thing i wanted to talk about is is like how the show doesn't really have like a point of view in a lot of ways like
0: which i think like was kind of the spirit of that right like everyone's just sort of kind of like vaguely patriotic mm -hmm. but also like still kind of, like, inoffensive.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's that's what the liberal uh, expression of that was, is that, like, well, we have to support the war in Iraq because we want to be patriotic, but, like, we also will be like, yeah, but we should be nice to Muslim people, you know, like, or, or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I think that, especially because, like, traditionally Star Trek, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, like, every Star Trek episode has to be, like, a like manifesto or like a ripped from the headlines, like really like digging into the issues because like they're, they aren't. And like, sometimes it's fun to have just kind of like a fun episode of sci-fi, but I feel like, and maybe again, I feel like we still have to caveat anything we say about enterprise of like, maybe we're just kind of having like a sampling problem, Mm -hmm. but I feel like none of the ones we've watched have really had right for a show that like has tried to tackle lots of, kind of serious issues throughout its history and, like, usually kind of comes down more on the liberal side of those at the time, right? Like, they had a climate change episode. They've had, like, multiple about, like, the justice system and the death penalty and suicide and those things. And, like...
1: Yeah, we talked about this not that long ago. Like, DS9 has, has multiple episodes about, like, how sometimes, like, terrorism is theoretically justifiable.
0: <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And, like, I feel like Probably this episode actually is, like, the most of a message that Enterprise has had yet that we've seen, which is basically the message is, like, maybe sometimes it's cool to, like, not be jerks to people who are different from you. Okay, bye. Gotta go. Yeah.
1: It's like it's rehashing like the stuff the original series is bringing up, like f- you know, forty years prior. Except for that, like the original series was actually like breaking boundaries. You know, it was like that stuff was radical at the time. Whereas this is just like, yeah, I sure, I guess I don't disagree with you.
0: Yeah, like maybe don't lynch people. Yeah, that's, that's the it, message of this episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm looking at like the, the actual Enterprise page now on Memory Alpha. Okay. Because I wanted to double check, and yeah, so this episode. I think not only, like, is it a bushier thing, it's, like, I think you could even say even more so than that, that it, it is a post-9-11 show.
0: Yeah, I guess I I kind of, like, conflate the two, usually, but...
1: Right, But but, like, you know, by the end of the Bush administration, I think that there is... Some of that stuff is kind of going a little bit by the wayside, and...
0: Yeah, kind of like the pendulum swings the other way, but
1: yeah, it, but like the first episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Now, obviously, they had been producing the show prior to this, so I'm not saying that this is like, oh, nine eleven happened and they changed the and whole kind like, of the show. Let's make
0: Enterprise because of this. Yeah,
1: yeah, but but the the first episode of Enterprise came on uh, September 26th, 2001. So like, oh wow, the same the same month that nine eleven happened, and I think that you can just bear this out in, like, any kind of media studies, it's not just Star Trek. It's most American media, like, changed during this time period. You know, like, like it, it did get more afraid to, like, touch hot-button political item uh, topics, and it did get, like, more kind of, because of that, like, inherently conservative and, like, inherently, like, less willing to, like, make big, like, narrative swings and things like that. And, and so... You know, again, I think I think that like it is this is kind of like a, an interesting look at like a liberal kind of like interpretation of like what to do in this context because like it is, yeah, it's like all of these characters are very clearly like the right stuff type, you know, kind of that that model, mm-hmm. and, and like it, it's weird because like obviously it's a multicultural cast and like there's a British guy and, and an alien and but like at the same time it's like this one is like the most analogous to like. Man, those astronauts in this you know, these those American exceptionalist astronauts in the yeah. in the sixties are pretty cool. You know, where you again, you compare that to like the original series, and it's like there's a Russian on that show. Like like in the height of the Cold War, like there's no Arabic person on the show, you know? And right. um and of course that's that's not even we don't get into that, but just like it doesn't really seem like it wants to take any risks. It just se- it feels like it's being made in like this stifling environment. And then I think you kind of You combine it with all the other problems that were going on at the time, which is that, like, you know, it had not a very good budget. And, like, also I think it was produced at a time where both the Star Trek team and the public itself were having fatigue on this, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I said in the last episode that we really want to like Enterprise, we want to, like, understand it and stuff, and... I did kind of have this feeling watching this episode, because, like, I was excited to watch this one before we started watching
0: it, because it is... Yeah, kind of all we knew about this one was that, like, this is the one they go to, like, Old West Town.
1: Yeah, and they get to, they wear Old West clothes. And it's like, that's my jam. Like, that right. is, I want, that's what I want Star Trek to be. Like, I love those episodes. And then it's I just like kind of watched this like, one...
0: playing dress up and, like, pretending to be in a Western for a...
1: Yeah. And I, and I, I watched this one, and I was just like, meh, meh, you know? <laughs> And I I, I had, like, these core realizations, which I think, like, ultimately, I do think fit in really well with your comparison, because one of them is, I kind of had this thought of, like, this really is all this is going to be, isn't it? Maybe not, maybe not, but it just does feel like maybe there is not another... Maybe, like, we're not actually plumbing the depths of this thing. Like, maybe it's just a shallow well. It's just
0: kind of how, yeah.
1: And then the other thing was just that, like, the show doesn't... Again, like it just doesn't have a perspective the way that the other ones do, where you have like, you know, even like a character like Kira, who I don't like very much in DS9, that character is a perspective and they're writing things that, like from this weird perspective there. And like,
0: yeah, that's true. Like, even something like uh, the solar sails episode, right? Which is not like this is not like an episode digging into like the Israeli Palestinian conflict, right? It's just like a dad and his son going on a sailing trip, but still has that like you have these like differing point of views between like Kira and O'Brien kind of being like Kira being so like staunchly like defensive of the Bajorans and, Mm -hmm. and she ends up being right, but kind of being like almost like a little intolerant on the other side of not being willing to hear O'Brien being like, I mean, like the science doesn't really make sense.
1: Yeah. But I, I mean, like specifically with like this one, I was like, all right, so this is their version of like a dress up episode. And it made me think about how, like, you know, obviously, like, when the original series was doing this, it was, like, it was original, you know? And then with TNG, like, it was kind of, like...
0: And you do love those episodes of, of the original series, right? Like, A yes, Piece of the I Action do. is I one do. of your favorite episodes yeah. of Star Trek.
1: And, and, like, TNG, like, it was, like, oh, we're going to do a lot of this on the holodeck, or or just, like, leaning into, like, how the characters react to that stuff. Like, that stuff, it feels very character-based. And then, and then like... Uh, DS9, they really go a uh, DS9, and I think Voyager too. Like they both really kind of like go in different directions with it, where it's like you're really seeing the personality of like the writers of the show and like the characters of the show. Where it's like, oh, they do different stuff with it. Like so, like in in like Voyager, like it, a lot of it is like Tom Paris makes these like immersive town sims where you can just kind of hang out there whenever you want. Or like in DS9, like there's baseball, and or like there's even things like you know, like there's Vic Fontaine who is like. This kind of persistent hologram character who lives there and like like in this club, but then like there's one episode where, um, for reasons that don't really bear getting into right now, the cast of the show have to engage in a heist in the fake casino that where Vic Fontaine lives. But like if they fail, it will have real consequences for Vic Fontaine, (laughs) which doesn't really make any sense, but it's great. And they try to get Cisco to help, and Cisco is like, "No, I don't really want to." I don't really like Vic Fontaine very much. And they're like, why? And he's like, well, because Vic Fontaine, if he was a real guy, like, he'd be really racist. <laughs> 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 and, like, and it's just like, yeah, like, that's such a strange... It's just not something that any other show would, like, kind of, like, get into in that way. And it just really speaks to, like, the uniqueness of all of those shows. And then, like, watching this... I was just kind of like, oh, so the Enterprise version of this is just to do it. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's, it's not, just not... like,
0: the, like somebody wrote a Western that wasn't good enough to get turned into its own property, and so they, like, rehashed it a little bit so that Archer was the main character.
1: Yeah, it just is like, their version of it is like, oh, yeah, so now we're going to do one and it's it's in the West. But, like, it's not, there's nothing about it that, like, makes it stand out from, like, Oh, this is the way the Enterprise does this, and, and and actually, it made me think about this a little bit in the last episode we did too, because like the last episode, I liked more than this one, but like the last episode, it also I was kind of like, oh, like this is their version of like the Dominion War, kind of like this Imperial Core War thing, where it's just. Yeah, where it's just, like, them doing, like, oh, we're going to do Serialized. But again, it's the same thing as this, where it's just, like, rather than having, like, a take on it, it's just, like, oh, we'll, do, we'll just do it. We'll just do that. Hmm. <laughs> and we won't do anything else with it to make it seem like it's our own thing. And, um yeah, like, and you compare that to, like, say, you know, we've talked about this before, but, like, the Pakled War in Lower <laughs> Decks, where, like, the Pakled War is...
0: It's such a Lower Decks thing.
1: It's such a Lower dex thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do the serialized war storytelling thing, but it's going to be our take on it, which is that, like, what if it was really dumb <laughs> right. and really funny? Like, And so, again, the show just seems sometimes to be so, like, personality-less. I don't know. Yeah, looking at the Memory Alpha like background information on this now where it's, like, Brandon Braga is, like, saying in an inter- interview, like, we really wanted to make sure that it didn't play, like, TNG's A Fistful of Datis, which was a farce. And it's, like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't play like that because that episode was, like, good and fun. Like, <laughs> like this one is just kind of boring. Because it, he's, like, we wanted to do something more like The Unforgiven, something that was more gritty and realistic. And I wasn't, I did not feel that way. I was not, like, oh, it's just so, like, gritty. Like, it was just, like, humorless, kind of. Yeah, I, that was just, like, those, my twin realizations of just, like, the just doesn't—it just doesn't feel like sometimes it has anything that it really like needs to get off of its chest or anything that like really makes it like distinctive. And then you kind of texted me about like, oh, this just feels like a Bush administration show. I was like, oh yeah, like, I bet you that that is like part of like the stew of this.
0: Yeah, it just so like fits in like, and I mean like, maybe it's just how the world felt at that time to me specifically. But yeah, like when I look back on like just the overall like. Feeling of how I picture that era, it just fits in so perfectly there.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I'm also looking in this, I'm also looking in the memory alpha like making of section, and it gives away what I was saying about that, which is I which I didn't remember, which is that like the reason why there's humans here is because they're abducted by aliens. Yeah, and it says it's kind of compares that to. The episode of uh, Voyager, the thirty sevens, which is the one where they find all oh, those with
0: Amelia Earhart.
1: With Amelia Earhart, and, which is like again a good episode, and like it, I think it's, that's one of those episodes where I texted you where it's like every now and then like Star Trek will do a thing where I'm like, how has no one done that yet? Like how how have we gotten to like the fourth show of Star Trek and no one has been like Amelia Earhart was abducted by aliens? Like write right. it, you know? Like and, and yeah, or like makes so much know, the, sense. The, the DS9 one where, where it's like, oh, Area 51 was Franky write it. Like, where it's just like, yeah, and it's like, those feel so electric when you when you watch them. Because you're like, oh, yeah, like, what a good idea. Like, what a great, like, high concept. Where they're kind of going uh, to be their own little movies. And then this one is just like, what if we just did the 37s again, but Amelia Earhart wasn't in it? Like, you know, right. like, it, it just, yeah, I don't know. It just feels so... <laughs> meh to me it seems like you i don't want to totally dump on it because although i kind of already have but it seems like you like this one maybe a little bit more than me
0: i think maybe i think i may have maybe disliked it a little less than you i think i did enjoy it a little bit more just as the like dress up episode like just kind of getting like oh okay so they wanted to make a western and like sure it's kind of a generic western and but like archer wanted to like act like a cool cowboy like dark stranger that walks into town and, like, I feel like th- that is the one thing I, like, sometimes will we'll like about Archer is just, like, he is clearly really enjoying playing it up, mm-hmm. which, like, makes me kind of wonder if I would like Quantum Leap. Because I feel like at, at Archer's best, it is basically just, like, Scott Bakula doing Quantum Leap again, where he's just, like, I'm going to, like, pretend to be a cool cowboy and, like, sit menacingly at the bar and like, pull my hat over my eyes and wear my cool cloak and that.
1: Yeah, he's he's also, I think mean, that was another thing that bugged me about this episode a little bit is that he's, like, he's the only character who's wearing cool clothes. Like, again, it's, like, you know, it's, like, you think about, like, say the Robin Hood episode of of tg where it's like they're all they're all very like hilarious outfits like that's all really bright colors and stuff and yeah. then like this episode is so muted like and like only really archer stands out with his like huge hat
0: yeah i think archer has a cool get up but yeah then like tucker is just kind of wearing like a, a coat uh and a cowboy hat and like to paul just kind of has like a plaid shirt
1: well T'Pol is like doing the the Vulcan thing of doing a headband but like even the way that her hair is done like it's like it's obscuring the fact that that's what she's doing kind of like it's not even really calling attention to it where it's like yeah her hair is like done up so that it kind of just looks like it's an actual stylistic choice (laughs) rather than like the way that like Leonard Nimoy is wearing it in like Star Trek 4 where it's just like okay like you're
0: just wearing this just wrapped a towel over your ears yeah. yeah um um, yeah,
1: I don't
0: know. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like especially for Archer, I felt like it was just kind of a fun he just kinda of, like gets to be like the mysterious stranger that rides into town and like saves the attractive school teacher type of thing. Um,
1: so yeah, why don't we why don't we get into it? I mean we can get to it pretty quick. There really isn't like a lot.
0: Yeah. So basically kind of the premise of this is that there's this town on, you know, some distant planet that's populated by humans from the Old West um, that Enterprise has kind of come across and is, like, investigating. And the main people in this town are humans, but there's also this other race of aliens called skagarans that are kind of the, like, lower class. Like, they live in these sort of, like, camps or slums on the outskirts of the town, and they work as servants in the town. And there's they basically, like, are kind of treated as, like, second-class citizens. There's all these laws that... Like, they're not, obviously, for Skagarin, to, like, harm a human is punishable by death, but they also, like, they can't, you know, they can't be taught, um, and they reference all these laws about, like, things that they aren't allowed to do that the humans would just kill them for and be able to get away with it, and the, as they sort of investigate, what they find out is that hundreds of years ago, the Skagarans were this alien civilization that had come to Earth and abducted a bunch of humans from the Old West, And we're like bringing them back to their planet to serve as slave labor. And their ship crashed on this planet. And there was kind of, you know, like a power struggle. And the humans were the ones that actually like overthrew them and took over and established their own society. And so the humans kind of out of fear that if they let the Skagarans have any sort of like independence or learn or anything, that then they would become more powerful and enslave the humans again, even though now it's been you know, generations since any of that had happened. Mm-hmm. And so the Enterprise comes and the main kind of antagonist is this like sheriff's deputy, um, who's this guy who just, you know, the first thing we see him do is in the cold open, he actually is lynching one of these Skagarns, And then like, he just kind of like goes around town, like picking on Skagarns and sort of flaunting over them and like daring them of just like, yeah, I could kill you if I wanted to. And just kind of really being a jerk. And Archer Archer sort of stands up to him and antagonizes him. And then Archer meets up with the town school teacher who kind of has pity on the Skigarns and sort of like at night she sneaks out to their camps and is like teaching their children, you know, how to read and how to do math and all these things. And and they get caught and put in jail for this. And so Tucker comes and like breaks... I think Tucker breaks Archer out of jail or... Archer breaks himself out of jail. I forget how it... Or Archer breaks the teacher out of jail. Somehow they, like, break out of jail and they're trying to escape. And the teacher gets shot. And so they beam her up to the ship where they can treat her. And so then they've kind of, like, given away that they're from space. And so they come back down to, like, the main street of this town. And, like, Archer is... It's Archer and, like, a whole bunch of, like, his crew. And kind of confronts the sheriff of the town saying look at all, like, the progress that humans have made. And basically, like, we want to take you back to Earth, but we can't right now because we're busy. But also, you should just, like, stop being jerks to the Skagarens because, like, we're better than that. And this eventually turns into, like, a shootout between the Enterprise crew and the... mostly, like, the this, like, bad deputy guy and sort of his his gang. And there's, like, this you know, very old West shootout in the streets and eventually like Archer defeats that guy and then they all just kind of fly away. I think, yeah, I'm kind of a little, again, I watched this yesterday and I already have forgotten how it ended. Um, but just kind of like somehow all of that meant that like now the like Skigarns and humans kind of like live in peace and work together and yeah,
1: a shootout, too, the shootout was not, like, I wanted it to, I wanted it to be, like, again, like, more fun. It's just kind of, like, I don't know, it's not really super well, like, blocked or anything, so yeah. you don't really necessarily have an idea. The other
0: thing I noticed is that they, like, make fairly repeated use of slow-mo in this episode, which is just, like, not a thing I associate with Star Trek. But, like, during the shootout, and I think, like, when they're trying to escape and the the school teacher gets shot, they'll do these, like, Like, it just feels like a different show or movie. Like, it just feels like a Western. Um, Mm -hmm. They're, like, these, like, slow-mo sequences.
1: Yeah, I... I, So, tell me, what's the thing that bothered you?
0: Because I... I, So, for me, the thing that, like... I think the thing that I kept trying to figure out if they, like, understood this irony or not, and I don't think they did, but was the irony of a bunch of, like, white Americans from the 19th century complaining about how they were taken away from their homes to somewhere else to be slaves. And like, therefore they were entitled to like justice and retribution. And like, you know, how unimaginable that like someone would do that to someone else. And like, we have to like make sure it never happens again. And that's why they like, feel like they're the ones that are in the right.
1: Yeah. It's similar to the thought where, where I was like, it seems like a really weird choice. It almost reminds me a little bit of like the death penalty episode we did from Voyager where like, it kind of like it, it gets close and then it kind of like faints away in the ro- in the wrong direction where it's like, it's such a weird choice to be like these white humans are harming this other, this other like species of alien, but only because the other species of alien captured them and made this sl- <laughs> like, like it, yeah. it, it's, it's this but weird like thing they, where like, it's like,
0: g- like they kind of missed it. Like, they like didn't get why that was a like why there was cognitive dissonance there.
1: Yeah, because well, because because it, it's like the one to one ratio. That like it's like if you're trying to like map this onto like some kind of an allegory, which I think is the instinct with a lot of Star Trek shows. It's kind of like, well, what if what if there had been like a successful slave revolt in the United States, and then the slaves made the white people slaves? Right. Like, Well, I don't know. I mean, like. That's not really applicable, is it? Yeah, like, but I don't and, think and they, like,
0: like, think about it like that. I think they're just, like, trying to come up with, like, how, like, the humans got here. And they were like, oh, well, they were captured yeah. to be used as slaves. But, but yeah, they didn't kind of, like, no one made that connection of just, like, it's real weird for these white humans to be talking about how, like, the most unimaginable thing that we can't allow to happen again was, like, we were taken from our homes to be used as slaves, <laughs> and like
1: yeah and i didn't even think about that because it's like you know they were taken back in the past right they were taken like the 18 the yeah 1800s, like their
0: ancestors like, i think had been
1: and so like their their uh their technology hasn't really progressed at all because they're still doing old west stuff and so it's like are they how do they feel about black people you know like like, like how do, <laughs> right. like are they like well this is terrible that it happened to us but we did do it to black people and it was totally fine you know like like or or have like Have they overcome racism and now are just onto speciesism, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, they may not, like, it doesn't look like there are any black people there, so they may just, like, not be aware that that's something that exists.
1: Well, that's true. Maybe, maybe, like, their ancestors were, you're saying, and then these people aren't, but... Yeah, like, uh, that part
0: of the story didn't get passed down as much. And, like, I feel like someone could make a different episode where, like, you do take that and make that kind of, like, the point, or just, like, at least sort of address... That irony, yeah, and it just gets completely like no one even thought about it here. (laughs) Yep, Um, that just makes it all feel like weird, and you're just like, but it, I you you don't nobody nobody sees this,
1: right? Like, I mean, it's like clearly they understand that they're doing something because, like you said, like there is like a lynching at the beginning of the yeah of the show, so it's like, (laughs) which
0: again, like last time, then we smash cut straight from like a dangling person being lynched to. (laughs) <laughs> the theme song. Yeah.
1: I've so started to think about, I don't know why this this song has popped in my head, but when we're talking about theme song, I'm starting to like think about, like, it almost seems like it would be a similar effect when they do the cut to, um, as if, like, it was the Cheers theme song. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, in the last episode, like, the needles going towards Silic's eye, and then it fades to black, and then you see... <laughs> yeah. making your way in the world today it takes everything you got when i, mean, I was like, like talking
0: to Lisa about the more about my like theory about this the, i like played the theme song for her, and she was like so is there just like is this the part where the captain just kind of like pokes his head around the corner and like gives a thumbs up and like
1: yeah it's just truly like it's like there's like a you know an aspirational aspect to both songs you know like Making your way in in the world today takes everything you got. Like that is kind of like the, myth, the ethos of Star Trek Enterprise, you know. Like uh-huh. <laughs> now, in our enterprise, you're not going where everybody knows your name. That's kind of the the antithesis of what yeah, you're doing. Exactly. But um, but you are always glad you came. I think anyway. That's just this, that's just me just being like I know the words the Cheers theme song. But there you go. It's just a, that's a funny thing for me to imagine now. It's just that like. Would you achieve the same effect that they are getting out of that theme song by replacing it with the Cheers theme song? <laughs> uh, uh,
0: we are in some kind of mood today, I'll tell you what. Yeah,
1: I just don't know that there's a lot more to say about this. I think that's why we've spent most of the episode talking about just, like, overall stuff. Like, to me, it was just kind of like... I was just really disappointed by this one, too, because I really... this Even more than most Enterprise episodes, I really wanted to like this one because I love their... Dress-up ones, I love their time travel. I love Star Trek dress-up and time travel episodes. Like, you know, we did Time Zero not long ago. Like, that episode's really fun, because, like, they get to go do stuff in the past. And just nothing for me in this one. Yeah,
0: I thought it was, again, like, it was kind of fun if you didn't expect too much from it, just in, like, being a dress-up episode, but I do get what you're saying, that, like, definitely didn't live up to... Yeah. I think the only other thing I had was, there's... At least twice where it was just remarkable how surprisingly bad Tucker was at being in the past and pretending to, like, go through. Like, there's times where, like, him and Paul are trying to, like, buy a horse or get information from someone. And he always just, like, as soon as he's confronted with anything, like, has no believable, like, story. Or, like, he's just like, I want to buy a horse. And the guy asks him, like, why don't you have your own horse? How would you get here? And he's just like, uh... And, like, to Paul, who, again, is, like, a Vulcan who's not used to lying, is the one that keeps having to, like, come up with a believable story.
1: Sometimes it feels like uh, Jillian Blalack, like, wrote all of her own lines, because it's, like, she's, like, the only character who I, like, have any kind of, like, sympathy for. It's, like, she's seeing all these other people just dicking around. Yeah, and being she like, feels right, like, like, the,
0: the person in the show who's, like, like us watching the show is just, like, looking around being, like, what, you guys? <laughs> like, seriously? Yep. Like she just kind of can't believe it either.
1: Well, thank you everybody for listening. A little bit of a bleak episode, I guess. If you like, if you like uh, Enterprise, but um, if you do you know, like,
0: reach out to us on Twitter or something, and like, yeah, try to talk us into it. We're, I feel like we're still receptive to being talked into. Listen, Enterprise.
1: I want to have faith of the heart. I just, That's right. You know, you gotta give me something to believe. Speaking of Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at contracts. You can visit our website at outofcontracts Podbean.com. You can email us at out of contracts at gmail.com. Or you can uh, follow us on YouTube at at, uh, out of contracts. Contracts is spelled C O N T R E K S. We do this show every other week. Uh, And so in uh, two weeks, we will be back again with another, our final of our three in a row enterprise episodes um, is going to be Canamar, which is enterprise. Season 2, Episode 17. So you can come back uh, to hear us talk about that show. And uh, in the meantime, you can check out the other shows on our Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a a horror media podcast. There is That's How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks, everybody. Bye.